0: welcome back you're listening to another episode of amateur hour a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports i'm your host max along with tres and we're going to talk about some things primarily it's going to be sports but there's going to be some other things all right let's jump in Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 54. Wow. 54 of Amateur Hour. 5-4. That's a lot. It's been four episodes since I ate chicken nuggets. It's been two
1: <laughs> it's episodes. Always <laughs> it's always on the mind.
0: It's always on the mind. Because that was a terrible experience. You know, Sherry, last night I had Taco Bell. And we've talked about Taco Bell before. I love um, Taco Bell. Immediate trip to the bathroom.
1: Well, I, th- I, feel like, minutes, I feel like your stomach would be trained by now.
0: No, I wasn't ready. I'm not strong enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> the willpower. <laughs> I need to. I need to like power up before I eat the time. Digestion.
1: Digestional fortitude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My digestion jutsu was not strong enough, and I had it. I ate it, and I immediately was like, "Oh, oh, oh!" Round alert, and that was that. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's such a it shame. Was,
0: yeah, it was it was a shame. Also, we have to share a big congratulations with Shreyas as his all-star team was so much better than mine that when we posted it on our social media, it was almost, okay, I got a couple votes, but it was across the board, both on his pages and my pages and the amateur hour pages, he had the better team. I, I would like to say that it's because his starters were so much better, and I'd like to give some credit to my bench.
1: Your bench but was I, good. Your bench your bench was good. I um I made it a point of recognizing that I probably had I definitely had. I exact I correctly had the best starting five. You did but, you did. Cuz but your bench is deep. I mean, when you start off with Luca, you can't really go wrong from
0: Right, but you did also give me that pick.
1: On. I did. I did, but also like I feel like it made sense. Like if I started with the starters, you should start with like, what I'm just going to go down the list. I don't know. And
0: just get everybody that's, I mean, I feel like,
1: I I don't know if we did that last year, but I feel like it's something we should do. Like next year you would start with the starters. And then then I would get, I'd get the best or who I thought was the best uh, reserve. It It makes sense. It feels like it's a good change.
0: Yeah, no, I'll take that. I'll take that. It's just, it's so hard when Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, it, it's
1: tough. He made the starting list. It wasn't even started. like we could leave him till the end.
0: Yeah. And we talked about this. Go check out our All the Stars episode, episode fifty-two, uh, where we go in depth about who the All-Star selections for All-Star Weekend were, what our thoughts were, what our teams were. Um, but the, the kind of the unanimous decision, and this is not just us who feels this way. Uh, Andrew Wiggins possibly deserved to be an All-Star. He had a, he's having a decent season. But to be a starter over some of the people who were not selected in the West doesn't make a lot of sense. So moving forward off that, though, uh, my my <laughs> my sadness increases. Uh, Shrey, let's uh, start off with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. So I have the weekly highs this week and my personal Uh, Weekly High is that um, I went to go see the brand new The Batman movie last night. And you know what? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was dark. It was gritty. And it felt like this uh, kind of a crime movie where it was less about Batman just beating the crap out of everybody. And him actually like working with Gordon. I think it was Lieutenant Gordon in this scenario. But working with Gordon to try to find out like who this mystery killer was find out who the Riddler is um, mm. I thought the casting was great Robert Pattinson yeah he was kind of a sad boy like he definitely had some of those residual um, dead parents effects you know like from Batman's arc um, he had a he had a interesting relationship with Alfred but mm. he was great Zoe Kravitz was great the guy who played the penguin was great Gordon was great uh, the Riddler was really really well done this is one of my favorite iterations of that character Um mm.
1: And the Ooh, movie you know who almost, played the Riddler? Who who was it?
0: I will look it up. Um, I know who it is. I recognize the actor, but I just forgot his name. Uh, it's Paul. Oh, it's Paul, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Yep. He is a good actor. He's a good actor. And so the movie, Trey, also was like three hours long. But at very few points was I not completely engrossed in the plot. Really good.
1: <laughs> That's the one thing about like the Batman movies in general. I feel like it's probably the d c universe like the d c movies that I feel like I can actually get engrossed in because it has that thriller aspect to it that you kind of get engrossed in it so much that you forget at the end of the day it's a superhero movie like when right. I think about uh or like at least at least the you know the past couple iterations right um I mean before it was more superhero heavy and you know there was a lot of good and bad moments in it, but yeah. <laughs> of of recent of recent right when you think of like the dark knight trilogies and um batman versus superman and you know people weren't so happy about that film but then i don't know what i heard from this one at least like it's more of that like thriller aspect like movie plot like it's it's kind of interesting to hear you say that batman is like working with everyone in this movie yeah where in like in the past he's kind of like been by himself and like just goes out isolated did. and does, can we yeah. trust him?
0: Yeah, he does. Rachel, Rachel, <laughs> <Where is she? laughs> Joker, so <laughs> I, I love you. Oh, punch the hand. No, the okay. The only thing, I, I can't really talk about it. Um, no, I don't know. I don't. Can I? Can I give a spoiler alert? But it's not really a spoiler. It has nothing to do with the main plot of the movie.
1: Is this more character?
0: It's a, it's a character that they were trying to introduce, but no, it's not part of the movie.
1: Okay. Yeah. I would say if you okay, said so spoiler s- it's
0: fine. Spoiler alert, minor spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear it, fast forward a f- couple seconds. Um minor spoiler alert. So they tried to introduce a new iteration of the Joker in this movie and he wasn't we never really saw him. We only saw his silhouette because he was like in Arkham Asylum. Um was mm. not a fan. The voice, whoever the actual actor is, I d- I couldn't recognize from the voice. The voice the physical voice was not strong enough to play this intensely complex character right like the voice was borderline cracking it sounded very youthful and childish and after you have joaquin phoenix's all-star performance in uh, 2019 2020's joker yeah it's so hard and especially again when you have the legacy of heath ledger knocking that character out of the park when you have two phenomenal actors titans of their craft playing this intensely complex character. To introduce somebody so subpar just felt it felt misplaced. And I understand fans' desire to kind of want the Joker in every iteration possible. Yeah, and I yeah. also was disappointed that it wasn't gonna be Joaquin's, but since they decided to introduce him, you needed to do it. Just I I would have just not done it or come off a little bit stronger. So that, it, was, an unspoiler.
1: it was just a it was just a voice and no it was a actual like footage a
0: silhouette is silhouette he had short hair probably akin to like my length just a little like kind of out there and there was a lot of like scarring in his oh. face but he sounded like young and 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 the voice was like childish and it i mean we've seen so many jokers it's just at this point it kind of feels like a dead horse you know again right. especially after Joaquin Phoenix did so well with it right. um it's just that but that's that was a, like literally probably a 5 minute scene towards the end of the movie that did not in any way, if I was to just cut that scene out, it didn't add nor really subtract from the rest of it. Otherwise, the movie, solid 8.7 out of 10. Like, really good.
1: Where do you rank Robert Pattinson in the pantheon of Batman? Batman, yeah.
0: (laughs) You know what? I actually... Him as Batman, he's right under Christian Bale. Um, That's pretty good. That's pretty good company, yeah. Him as Bruce Wayne lower than that i've seen better bruce waynes but him as batman was really enjoyable
1: mm-hmm. and christian so, bale is very enjoyable like i really like
0: christian bale was the best of both i think yeah uh he he's he's at the top he's at the top of the pyramid um you know the robert pattinson was definitely better than michael keaton's batman uh <laughs> 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 low bar low bar to jump over but he definitely surpassed that yeah uh no but really good movie and i would definitely definitely recommend
1: so that's my weekly yeah. high yeah i need to go watch that movie because you know
0: yeah absolutely people, so people have been of, saying
1: some really good things about it
0: and like absolutely you. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of, let's, uh, I'm sorry, Shrey. you know, I went off on a tangent, kind of a movie buff, uh, as it were, uh, reeling sure. it back into what we're here for, sports, uh, Cameron Johnson called game last night for the Phoenix Suns. It was the Phoenix Suns versus the New York Knicks, and this was a game where starters on both teams were out. Julius Randle was out, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker were out. So you have three big names, which if you're a fan going to go see those games, those are the people who you quote unquote want to see. But the Suns are such a good team that even without their two superstars, they are able to play great basketball. Unselfish. Mikkel Bridges, right? Campaign, DeAndre Ayton, and Cam Johnson, and heck, even Jay Crowder. You know, these guys stepped up, shared the ball, made great plays. You love to see it
1: yeah they understand what got them to where they are and they like none of the players even if Booker and Paul weren't playing shy away from that like Mikel Bridges kind of took on that Booker type of role and did the pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton and, and Cam Johnson took that kind of book like Booker shooting role in a sense where like he's just cutting off screens and when campaign and uh bridges find him the ball he's he's shooting lights out and he's been shooting lights out since paul has uh gotten injured so like he's been a really really good piece for them and i feel like once paul comes back for the playoffs that's just added confidence for them to have a shooter like that that he can get his shot as well as as well as booker as well like he can run off screens and you know and he has such a nice shot too like yeah it's just like a perfect shot and mm. man. Chef's his, kiss. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just unbelievable. Campaign to come off of the the wrist injury and to to basically play like Chris Paul. He had sixteen assists. Yeah, last year. He night. had that many? Um, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah career highs a career high sixteen assists. He had eight in the first quarter, I think. Um so he understood that his role was primary ball handler and get feed everyone else the ball right and so like when when you come in
0: table let your people eat yeah exactly
1: like if i'm coming in i see my best players are injured like i might say oh man like that's more opportunity for me to score and you know i can kind of control the game but his way of controlling the game was controlling the pace and passing the ball he didn't have to score he had i think he had like 17 points but you didn't feel like he was like taking a lot of shots, even though he was getting to getting in the lane and he was getting his shots and he was able to to make an impact scoring wise. Um That's just, everyone knows their role on that team. And it's just what, it's just so well done that I think Richard Jefferson said this on the broadcast. He was like, if they didn't have Booker or Paul, they might still be like a, like a seven or eight seat.
0: Oh, I mean, if they, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you're right. Let's like be realistic had, about it. Yeah. If like they if didn't they had have Aiden, their stars,
1: if, if they didn't have their stars, like they would be, cl- they would still be clinging on to some sort of playoff hopes, whether it's the play in or whether it's right at outside of the play in the, in the playoff hunt. Like that's how good of their depth pieces they are. That's how like they they're able to like cooperate together, and you don't see them getting into any. Drama or anything—it's re- it's really well done out there.
0: Well, and I would even say they could even be a six-seven. But you get—I guess you got to understand how competitive the league is now. Yeah. What the West looks like, what that picture is, but they would even without their stars, they would be better than the Lakers right now.
1: Right. <laughs> That's what I—I I told you, Max. I was texting you last night, and, was, um, <laughs> and or and I was like, uh, and I was texting some friends, and I was like, man, this game was so much more enjoyable. Yeah, of a a game than any Lakers game I've seen (laughs) all season and it didn't and for the last you know 15 minutes of the game there was no Randall he had gotten ejected there was no Paul at all for the full game there's no Booker right so I'm basically watching RJ Barrett versus Mikkel Bridges and the game was still so exciting like like the Knicks have been playing better yeah they've been losing but they've been playing better so it's like, it's, 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 you have to be able to see that even though that they're, they're still losing and that's probably not going to change anytime soon. But the Suns too, like Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, you like, I would stay on, like watch the, the game just to see Cam Johnson shoot at this point. Like, that's how, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that clings me on. I love seeing great shooters. And so he's, that a six is
0: nine. he's a 6'9", stretch three oh. four. Um, and he can, he can put the ball on the floor. He can dunk, he can take it to the, well, Hey, we got to remember that dunk on PJ Tucker in the finals last year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, what a talent dude. He's got great hair. Uh, yeah. And, and, and for, I mean, for, for a campaign to come in, that's also particularly impressive to me to come in and fill that role that Chris Paul has and make sure that you're setting the table. I mean that without a skilled, talented distributing point guard, a lot of teams are going to be way less effective than they could be. Right. Because if you if you can prevent your guys from over dribbling and just making concise cuts and good raw basketball plays, that's how you're going to win. It's how you're going to win. And that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit later today that we've seen a drastic change in with the Boston Celtics. But for right now, props to the Suns, a fantastic game. And that last 30 seconds, exciting. Showtime, it was <sighs> back and forth, a missed free throw, and then that crazy 30, uh, 30 foot shot from Cam Johnson. Awesome.
1: I was like, I was like, I would, you would not catch me watching that game, not knowing, knowing who was out at the end of the game. But I was just, I just had the TV on. I was like, I mean, this is close. Let me just keep it going. And I was like, wow, this is, this is exciting. No one's playing, but this is exciting. This is crazy. But that just speaks to the level of talent in the NBA,
0: right? You know, even when the quote unquote superstars are out, these guys are still great basketball players. Yeah, yeah. All right, Trey. Well, uh, what's bad this week? Tell Tell
1: us what's bad. <laughs> the lows. So <clears throat> we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. I think it's either fifty-one. Yeah, I think fifty-two. I think we talked about it in fifty-two, where. <laughs> Did we talk about a fifty-two or fifty-three? We talked about the MLB, right? And there, fifty. They're on.
0: Yeah, I'll start, oh, over. I'll start
1: over. I'll start over.
0: <laughs> I don't know, Shrey. What you,
1: I can't remember. <laughs> Me neither. I don't I, I remember. I don't know why I brought it up. I started. I started doing trying to remember on the spot, and it didn't work. Okay, I'll start over. Who? <laughs> Who? Okay. So, Max, we, st- we started talking about it uh, an episode or two ago where the MLB and the MLBPA going through their collective bargaining talks and nothing had been working, both sides completely distant from each other. And they had left uh, uh, the MLB had basically left an ultimatum of, you know, if this doesn't get completed by what was i think la last last the monday the 28th yeah by the end of the month
0: in february yeah
1: Yeah. by the end of the month in february we're gonna have to start canceling games right and it's not like it, it's kind of like it, you didn't have to take it this far, but the MLB is continuing to, you know, OK, yeah, we're going to go into a lockout and we're going to we're going to cancel games and, you know, cancel spring training. And lo and behold, they <laughs> didn't get to an agreement at the end of the month. And now we're far in a from it. Yeah. And now uh, man, uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has since come out and said, we're going to cancel the first two series. Of the MLB regular season, which is roughly a week for, for every team, right? For every team. Yep. Yep. So that is, you know, six or eight games. Usually it's a three game series, so six games. So, and like, I don't know, it's just gonna keep, it's just gonna keep prolonging. I don't, re- I don't recognize mm-hmm. that there was no. even like this is even going to lead to a solution. Like, yeah, they're gonna like lose time, but yeah. It's it's completely different. It's, what's the? That, it's,
0: you got to ask yourself what's the end goal here for exactly for for the for the MLB specifically, right? You're an organization. You're an organization that nets millions and hundreds of millions of dollars every single season, and taking out two series because you because of all the 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 plethora of dif- disagreements and. Uh, complaints that players have aired to you through their union. Uh, that dissatisfies you so much that you're like, ah, oh, well, we're we're just not going to do baseball. Yeah, uh, you know, how much sense does that really make? Uh, one of the things too, Trey, as like we dive into this, one of the things too, is you have to think about who else this affects, right? This affects the people who the the regular everyday people who work in the stadiums, too, working security, the people who are working. You know, parking, people who are working concessions. This, for some people, might be their main job. This might be a second job, but this is income that people are now going to miss out on for additional weeks. And yeah. if you're expecting
1: that, that's really hard. Yeah. And I would be more okay about it if the MLB went into all these negotiations with good faith, right? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. Like,
1: say they were right at the edge, they had that full week to talk, right? And we heard, you know, Many long hours towards the end of that timeline, and they were talking, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't like they were going anywhere, but they were talking. If they if the MLB had had come into it with good faith proposals, and you know, early on in the the winter, then I would be like, a the the whole problem would have been solved because we would have been done by now. But b like. All these ultimatums they just feel so they just feel more petty than actually helpful like th- yeah you're gonna cancel games but what are you going to do in the meantime how mm. are you going to get on more level ground with the players association and actually like be like okay yeah we will stop canceling games because we now want to get to an agreement you know what i mean like if this is six games just to say oh but we'll cancel more because we want to get our way. That's, that's just horrendous for the sport. It's already horrendous for the sport that we're at this point, right? Like, but now it's just even more because now you're like, okay, now you got these these owners and players that they, they'll never see eye to eye. They'll never see a level of ground. And someone is literally, someone's going to have to give and it's probably going to be the Players Association. They are going to have to give a lot just to be like, oh, well, we want to play games, right? At the end of the day, the players want to play, so they're gonna to have to give oh, more wait, they than do. they want. They
0: do. Wait, that's that's crazy, right? <laughs> I thought this was just a line of employment. I thought they were they hated <laughs> the <laughs> job just like everybody else. Are like, oh, I'm glad I don't have to go to work. <laughs> this, is, this is great for me. I I'm glad I got to spend time with my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, straight on that too. I mean, you you brought something up to me that I thought was incredibly interesting. Yeah. MLB owners talk about players giving something up MLB owners want to count player meal money toward luxury tax figures.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a specific proposal that was brought up at one point during the talks when they were talking about the collective bargaining tax, right, the luxury tax going up. Then the the owners were like, "Well, if this is going to go up, we want to count we want to count this. We want to count the meal it, money." It, it,
0: you see, that's a weird thing to count to me because players got to eat for one. I
1: mean, you're you're a ridiculous thing. It's not even weird. It's ridiculous. Why are you so petty <laughs> that it's like you're not paying in the grand scheme of things? They're not paying a lot for each player to eat. Right. Like based on what they net, we talked about how much they net before. How like what is making sure that your player player's nutrition is right? Like why is that seems such like such a petty thing? to go off of anything like even bring up in a talk like that just shows that they never wanted a real negotiation when you bring something up like that you never wanted to make a deal well, in the first place
0: <laughs> well I don't think that you guys should eat because we're getting taxed
1: yeah it's like yeah well, like- if we have to spend more money then we'll spend it on your on your food like what like huh huh that's well, gonna that's- count a salary now yeah right
0: your that's food- ridiculous yeah no and that's then that's ridiculous and right you see i mean how much care are you really giving to the players and then you can see right here the greed for for really for a lack of a better term you can see the greed from the owners and the mlb as a whole in in on that too the players the the workers that i talked about who were you know in these unfortunate situations the people who work at the stadiums and these are stadiums across the country the players took the initiative to start a fund for them. And this is based off an article um, from the Associated Press yesterday. The players started a fund for them to help those workers, but the downside of that is the, the, it's only a million dollar fund. So if you're taking the thousands of workers across the country for every single stadium and all you could come up with was a million dollars and Bryce Harper alone is getting 26 million this year, that's a little insulting. But it's cool that they're doing it And sad that the MLB is not taking that into consideration.
1: That's the big thing is like the players are even. Okay. Yes. The money is so limited and the workers are like, they, they deserve better, right? They're the, they're like the the innocent bystanders in the grand scheme of things that they're just waiting for something, a shoe to drop some good news, some hope that they will be able to you know fulfill their job fulfill their duties and then work, this happens right and then this happens where they are clashed and now they're they're on the outside looking in and the players are taking it upon themselves to at least do something a little bit right yeah and i mean the owners you know, haven't even haven't even i, I don't even know what they have have they talked about it like it, i don't think they're the same owners that they don't
0: they don't care they and, don't care about that, the
1: minor league teams they and like you know what i mean like they don't care about paying minor league players they they're the same so it's like i don't know i the players have their own issues right like the issues from the, that i have with the players is that they don't want to change the play on the game they want to play the way they play and they don't want anything less right but i have way bigger issues with the owners I think the owners are have been completely out of line. I feel like they've never acted in good faith throughout this whole process, and that's got to change if something. Because I feel like the players are just going to stand their ground, right? Like that's why we're in this thing. MLB is not acted in good faith. The players are standing their ground because they don't want anything less. And now we're at a now we're at a standstill. And I don't see any, any
0: an any impasse, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's and that's you know that's a really crappy situation to find yourself in and, and really, I mean, like you said, Trey, the lack of good faith is yeah. what's most disturbing. And if we think, if we think, you know, baseball athletes are overpaid, talk about the, these owners getting overpaid. And on one of the articles that you sent me, you can watch that the yearly team average revenue has steadily climbed by the tens of millions into the hundreds of millions over the past 10, five, 10 years. And it continues yeah. to climb. However, players' salaries stagnated during 2018 to 2019. The, the salary start year was kind of creeping up like this. And then it stagnated. It flatlined as the league continued to make more money as a whole. That's that's shady. And I don't think that they're putting those initiatives back in to the people who are actually helping them, helping them run their operation. Right. And that's kind of the issue that I have with. It's bad ethics. It's bad press. It's bad management. And I don't know if there should be a, a worker's strike too and just kind of really force the hand, really put the pressure on, really turn up the heat on those owners because what they're doing is all kinds of shady.
1: Terrible. That's a really, it's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. It's a really we'll good point. talk about like, a low. Yeah. Talk about yeah, that's a low. That's a low of low right now. Yeah. In sports at least.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So – moving on to my personal low max uh we're on uh different wavelengths i think we're on the same wavelength on a lot of things but one one part where we waver is footwear and you're a huge shoe guy right like yeah yeah you love your shoes i for one uh will buy the cheapest (laughs) pair possible you've seen you've seen some of my shoes i will wear i will wear it down uh Like I, until like my basketball shoes are like talking to you, until you're like hey, you're like hey, we hey, got... <laughs> he's coming through, he's coming through, cut, 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 cut. Like that's what my shoes no doing. We got no more glue left. Uh... <laughs> so, um, for a while, I've been obviously wearing the same pair of sneakers as I do. I Don't probably... tell me they're
0: the same ones that you had back in school
1: oh of course (laughs) oh my goodness oh oh of course i have the same shoes you know what's the funny part too you know what's funny part too before i get to my actual low is as if this is not low enough um (laughs) is that i will i will like i will buy a new pair of shoes because i'll know okay it is time like this is really bad i should get a new pair of shoes i'll go and i'll i'll go to like one of the you know discount shoe places. I'll never, I'm always afraid of buying my shoes online because I'm always like, But what if they don't fit? I have wider feet. Like, I'm always like, Yeah, it's, like, <laughs>
0: it's yeah, I know, I know. You know, I know. Straight, the internet's a beautiful place because you can find the answer to anything. If you got, I will only buy wonky, my shoes in
1: store. <laughs>
0: oh my, you got to do the little try on. What do you put on the try on sock too?
1: <laughs> no, no, I bring my own socks, <laughs> of course. <laughs>
0: I just walk into the store barefoot and expect them to. Her.
1: <laughs> so. So the, wet, the bad the part of the sketcher I mean, fours, the sketcher Skech- Hotlights. No, oh no, 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 goodness. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go Adidas or Nike. I'll go to Adidas or Nike, but okay. I will get the lower end of that scale. Like I will not <laughs> go up to all ultra booths level. Or, the Nike you know.
0: run, jump, sprint three. <laughs> the Nike sport shoe one yeah those are the ones
1: the nike air max nike jump four.
0: plus cuz it's not really an air max it's the air max jump plus
1: the nike cloth the adidas closed toe
0: force the adidas four stripe <laughs> the force Stripe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the forest drive, yeah so that is my that is my uh relationship with shoes but i'm the type of person that will even if i get a new pair of shoes the old pair they, they i still consider them like a backup even if they're horrible worn down and then i'll end up wearing those more um so this is a scenario where i was like oh this is just so much easier because it's so broken in and it's i'll just wear these like old old pair of shoes that i had i probably bought them like five six seven years ago i don't know five six years ago so i was wearing them and i didn't realize how big of a hole was at the sole of the shoe and uh it it had rained and um i went i went out and i went out to the store to get some stuff and i stepped in a puddle and i went and it just went (laughs) all into my sock and so I had just started I had just started my, you know, run of getting groceries and stuff. So for the whole like hour oh. that I was out, it was like no, that's oh. Oh. one one sock too. One God You're imbalanced too. Ah,
0: there is no better way. There's no quicker way to take yourself from a good mood. And put you <laughs> in a bad mood than, than getting your sock. sock
1: wet. Oh my god, it's bad! It's bad. I I think that's when I was like no you know what And it's not even gonna stop me too max i'm gonna end up wearing that shoe again because i'll forget in a rush no yeah i gotta really throw them out i gotta throw really throw it away, throw them. Throw I it got, away i'm just so bad at shoes and i'm Take like well i'm never yourself because because like, <laughs> just like you i'm gonna buy people...
0: you a pair of shoes. i'm gonna get you you know shay no. <laughs> no no I, When no, i get no. my bonus checks in i'm getting you a nice pair of like uh like Giannis's. i'm gonna get you no, a no. nice pair of shoes yeah.
1: No, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. I'm like, get you
0: the Dior Jordan ones. It's gotta yeah. be like
1: a. It's like yo, yo, with it, with it. Comme des Garçons, <laughs> Converse. No, no, Yo, no. You gotta get me. You gotta get me like the 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 Skechers Shape Ups. I've always oh. wanted a pair. <laughs> oh, you want? Oh, okay. You want a pair? Never mind. no, okay. no. I, don't. I, I, I don't. support you. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> But I would, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would wear them to see how they fit. Cause like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know,
0: most people wouldn't get I feel it like, tightening my buns as I'm walking.
1: <laughs> I'm oh,
0: this is good. This is the support they were talking about in the ads. We, in the classifieds.
1: I, I just lost us all our sneakerhead viewership and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry max yeah that's okay my- sure i
0: was working really hard we had our viral tiktok about shoes you and did. everybody who hopped on for that is now done
1: my sneaker game is just not is not on point i appreciate a good pair of basketball shoes right it's- whenever you whenever you or your brother get a new pair and i'm like or i'm like i i follow the sneaker like the br sneaker twitter pages oh, right and- you're
0: so close i know and i get it i do oh, I, I do it but I'm like but like spending the
1: money yeah that's the thing is like will I because I'm like oh I paid this much for it I know for sure that after a couple wears where I'm like cleaning it I'll just forget and then I'll be like well this is the same as I would do like a $40 shoe a normal shoe so I end up just going for the $40 shoe but I appreciate all the all like you know I mean like the 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 Kyrie's and the the Lebron's and the Kobe's And I'm like, oh, these are good waves. Like, these are some good waves.
0: Okay, I'll just never buy
1: them. (laughs) Yeah, I. uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's just me. Well, my my feelings might change too. I was the same way about clothes and stuff, and I was like, I don't care what I wear. And then I was like, oh, well, this looks nice. I will actually buy it. So I think it's just that that thing for shoes. Now I have to get there. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean. I see, I can justify. Yeah, I, I mean, I can it's hard, Trey, because I get it. I get it about the shoe thing. It's like you're you're gonna spend a hundred plus dollars. And we'll just talk basketball shoes specifically, right? You're gonna spend a hundred plus dollars. This shoe is gonna get stepped on, it's gonna get dirty, it's mm-hmm. gonna eventually wear down. If you're playing inside, it'll last you a little bit. But if you're playing outside, those shoes go quick. They yeah. go quick and so it's you have to like really evaluate that and so like i get it but when you do buy a good basketball shoe that cushion that traction you play better better. plus if you look good you play good yeah but i get it i get it and that that's kind of how i i saved up i waited for a sale on nike and i was able to actually find a shoe in my size and i used a gift card that i had saved up that's good so i was able to get a 120 dollars shoe for like 80 bucks which...
1: That's good. I think a hundred. I think a hundred is my threshold. Like, yeah. Like, if it goes above a hundred, I feel about the shoe differently than I do um, if it was like ninety. I'd be like, oh, that's ninety. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a, if it's like one ten, I'm like, I don't know. It's it's weird. Even though it's only like twenty dollars of a difference, it's just the optics of it to me. look like, and it's just, it's so much different for clothes. Like, if I see a jacket that is. 120 or something or 130 and it's like a really nice looking jacket very functional um i could like you know put a a couple fits with it together i'll i'll be more inclined to to buy that for some reason the shoe i'm like if it looks good and i can pay less for it then then i'd rather do that you know what i mean like yeah Okay. No one's oh, looking down it's, at me. <laughs> everyone's like hopefully people aren't like, "Hi, Jareth. Man, what are those?" <laughs> Which they probably I think they have in the past.
0: <laughs> what are those? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Shrey, let's talk about um let's talk about something that that came up recently that I didn't think was an issue or I knew it kind of was, but I didn't think it was coming up as soon. Um, So I'm wearing my Arizona Cardinals shirt today. And the future of the Cardinals with our superstar quarterback is not in question, but it's kind of, it got thrown up into the air. Now, Kyler Murray, the question is, is he going to stay? Is the franchise going to support his growth and his time as a player? Are they going to make the right moves to put them in a championship position? Now, I hate to say it, Trey. But you were, again, right about the Cardinals this year, where they started off blazing hot. And I, the the difference between this year and last year was a Kyler Murray injury, but the fact still remains that they started off blazing hot and fell short. Yeah. They have the talent, both offensively and defensively. It's about execution, and it's about really getting into the playoffs and making sure that you maintain the things that kept you successful at first. Um, so... Kyler Murray's agent released a statement talking about how he wants to be dedicated to the franchise, how he wants to be, you know, that guy in Arizona, which I think is great. And as a vote of confidence, I think that's a huge step. But he also kind of called out the organization and he said, are you going to make the changes and and the moves to help retain this player? Because he's such a talent. He could realistic, realistically go wherever he wants. But he wants to stay here. So, I mean, it's just such an interesting thing to see, like players' demands versus franchise response. What do you think the Cardinals are going to do? Are they going to say, "Hey, yeah, you're right, we're going to go all in and we're going to keep Kyler," or do you think they would go in a different direction? I think they would be really dumb to do that.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to try their absolute hardest to not go in that direction, right? Because starting from zero Again, and understanding yeah, the right. yeah yeah understanding the talent that. Kyler has it's tough to find in any draft right but you got him at number 1 and you're able to at least bring him to this point where he made a playoff game. I think the original thing of why he was irked at the end of the season was that he felt that internally people and like I guess from the media outlook that people were labeling him as the scapegoat for their uh playoff loss, which I'm kind of torn about because he was really bad. Like it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a scapegoat thing where they were like, where you were, where the whole team was, you know, playing horribly. And then everyone just blamed uh, Kyler, but he was a huge part of why they were bad in that game. Right. His picks, Yeah. And, um, his like, they basically contained him in the pocket. He had to make throws and he couldn't make them. So, but then at the end of the day like if someone's angry they're angry right like we talk about Zion a lot where you know they they they're building a good team around him and he hasn't really given him a fair shot and Zion I don't know if the that's,
0: player has not it's not it's not the Yeah 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 he yeah, the he New hasn't Orleans given Pelicans.
1: The, Yeah like when you look at what the moves they've made right and they're continuing to make moves with him in Sight of being a part of that team, yeah, yeah, right with C.J. McCollum and and you know uh, Jonas Valanciunas, yeah, Yep. bringing in Jackson Hayes and giving him more minutes and things like that. So the same way with the Cardinals, right? They get DeAndre Hopkins. That was a big reason why they kind of faltered at the end of the year, is he was injured for a lot of that end of the end of the season and he didn't play in the playoff game or he tried and he didn't um, work out and then he wasn't
0: ready. He was still hurt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He tried and it was just like, he couldn't do it. And then, you know, AJ green, you know, kind of an iffy, iffy signing, but he did play better than he did in his last year as a Bengal. And then, you know, they made some moves on defense. They got JJ Watt and it's and then they got Zach Ertz in the middle of the year. Right. And it felt like things were clicking more. So, Like it's not like they were just kind of stagnant and Kyler was like, Oh, you didn't like I can't believe you put this team around me. I don't know if he should be like too worried about that. But at the end of the day, he's he's a little bit irked, right? Like he wants to see I guess more commitment to him. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if it's a thing of getting younger or, you know, getting a more like highly touted free agent. I d I don't know what it looks like. It seems like it's very I mean, is vague. It retaining
0: is it retaining the team that they had this year? Because if you look at the team yeah. objectively talent-wise, right? James Connor had a big come up, which we knew he was already good. Yeah, he great had signing. a great season. Having JJ Watt on the defensive, you know, like I, having the having D Hop and, you know, um, yeah, you know, I Christ, of course, I blank on all their wide receivers. Right they, now.
1: Well, they had Christian Kirk and he's a he's a free agent. He might leave.
0: So, right. So that's that's kind of my point is retaining those guys. Yeah. Retaining the talent uh, might be what he's insinuating because, you know, NFL teams have a tendency, as we know, to let people walk, to let people go, to let things slide because of, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I just don't – Usually because yeah, of agree. past
1: success too, right? Like if you, you're like, oh, we succeeded, like that kind of clouds a judgment of like, hey, we made it. We could probably just replace him now, so uh, or
0: he was the secret and grinning. he was the nutmeg on your waffles, right? Mm. Y- you look at waffles and you're like, oh yeah i'm I'm fine, I don't need nutmeg, no, yeah, nutmeg, your waffles are like three times better,
1: yeah,
0: without it, it's fine, it's a good waffle, you might enjoy it, but with it, you're a playoff waffle
1: a playoff waffle
0: yeah you, uh, yeah you, uh, you hate, but it's true you're a playoff waffle with nutmeg. no it's a,
1: it's a good waffle cinnamon cinnamon nutmeg a little bit of, you gotta have yeah. a hint of vanilla maybe it's you a little vanilla, vanilla.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah so, right you know you know what you i know, know what it oh, takes to make a playoff waffle
1: i know what a playoff waffle looks like of course some I've of these some of these I've GMs been around. Know.
0: <laughs> so these clown gms yeah so it, it's yeah. uh well, it's 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 kind of interesting, and so that will be something that we're monitoring closely. I, I mean, he'll be here for the season, you know. But it's he signed it's his rookie on.
1: contract is through twenty twenty
0: three, yeah.
1: So it's through next year. So whatever changes are made, you know, maybe this is just a a frustration thing out of that playoff loss, which I'm still not. I'm still keeping that in the back of my mind that like you know it's
0: gonna sting. Well, right? but it was true that it was it was a lot of it was kyler. i mean, he couldn't make the throws that you needed him to make. and that yeah. was incredibly frustrating. and look, hey, the the rams are the super bowl champions, but you watch that game and the cardinals could have won.
1: yeah.
0: if they didn't let up 82 points within the first, you know. <laughs> so maybe maybe his adjustments are defensively, right? maybe it's his offensive yeah. line. maybe that's what he was talking about. he's talking about those little like those intangible guys that you need to just kind of have there to do the subtle things, so that he can do his job. Maybe yeah. that's what he's talking about. Maybe he's talking about a new coach. I don't know. It's well, very that's not
1: that's not happening because no, uh, it's not. As we saw a couple of days ago, uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the GM Steve Kim, I think his name is. Uh, they both got renewed their contracts uh, renewed until twenty twenty seven. So. Cliff Kingsbury is here to say, and if so, if he has an issue with the coach, that's a big issue that they've resigned the coach before Maybe re-signing that's what him. About. Yeah, right. That's a huge, and if that's the case, that's a huge issue because now he, now the coach is secure, but the the guy that you want to keep, he's like, hey, you 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 just put coach like I'm not really a fan. Like you just put coach in front of me. Like hey, you just gave you know coach to the tenure. Like, if he's thinking like that, and I'm not saying that's you know right or wrong. I'm just saying if he's thinking like that, that's a that's a difficult position to put yourself. In now that you've you've just put all your eggs in the Kingsbury basket right now.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I I I agree, Stray. And we think you know the more the more I uh, personally a personal example. You know th- these chemistry factors are real deals. You know the more mm-hmm. I continue to play. Um, a slightly higher level of basketball than I did a few years ago, chemistry becomes a real thing, right? Because once you realize that people have the talent and the skill and everybody kind of knows how to play the game, those are the things that you have to start working on is you have to work on players that will play well together and players that also just get along as people. Without that, and it's the same thing with a coach and a player. Without that chemistry, without that trust, you're going to either bring your kind of bottom line for performance down or up and so that that's all important factors to consider well, but that's just me
1: absolutely yeah all
0: right so for our last topic so kyler well we'll see what kyler does kyler wants what kyler wants but bringing it back to something that's a little bit more certain something that's a little bit more positive something that i didn't see coming but has shocked me in the best way we're taking it back to the home team for the nba the boston celtics they have been playing with a fire under their butt That has been fantastic to watch. And I don't know, Shrey, what happened. But we have complained about them before. And I was ready to complain about them again. But just before the All-Star break and since the All-Star break, these guys have been playing great. Team ball. The ball is flying around. Tatum is taking it to the rack. Derek White was a great addition. People are actually shooting and making threes. It seems yeah. like the coaches' rotations are better. We see more guys getting more minutes. We were able to beat the blazing hot Grizzlies by like 15 points. You know, these kinds of things, would n- if you had told me when we first talked about the Celtics that we would be seeing this team basketball, I would have laughed. I would have laughed. But watching these past few games, wow, it is exciting. Trey, Let's talk. Let's talk about the Celtics, man. What do you think happened?
1: Yeah, so a segue from when we were talking about Kyler, and we don't know what his chemistry is with the coach and you know the players around him. We can tell that this this team, the Celtics team, has more of a chemistry. They're they're clicking. They ha- it feels like they have an identity since the beginning of the new year. Uh their defense has been really strong top five top three they're able to to score the ball at all levels. It feels like Tatum and Brown being more engaged has way
0: more engaged
1: has become infectious almost right like tatum w- w- when we saw when we saw him at the beginning of the year and they were very up and down basically playing five hundred ball less than like 490 ball. <laughs> right? Like Tatum yeah. Tatum felt like kind of like unamused and he wasn't he it felt like he was just, you know, going through the motions and you know getting his shots and he wasn't shooting well. And it just it just felt it just felt like that compiled and compiled and it was like very frustrating to watch those games. But since the new year, they've he's been playing on both sides of the ball. They've for they I don't know what happened, but they've unlocked Grant Williams, Ime Udoka, and Brad Stevens. Hey, he I remember forty, fifty, ninety, baby. I I remember being like, and I think we talked about this early in the year, where I'm like, I don't know what does Grant Williams really do, other than shoot a corner three. And I've seen him shoot, you know, wing threes, corner threes. He's driving the ball. Um, his defense has gotten better. And, like, the one thing I was afraid of was he would just turn into, like, semi Ojale light. And he Where he's is...
0: just a big body who looks strong, but he doesn't actually do anything. And people, right. they said about Ojale, they're like, oh, he's a Giannis stopper. His defense was never that good. But, yeah, keep going, <laughs> keep going.
1: And, yeah, and, and, and then he couldn't shoot the three as well, right? Like, he could only shoot, like, one type of shot. And... So, like, I felt like his minutes weren't worth it, right? Like, Brad was playing him, like, 25 minutes a game. I'm like, what are you doing? But then when I see Grant Williams play, especially since the new year, I've been completely wrong about him. Like, I think if he's continuing to play at this pace and if he's figured out that this is his game, it works. It works for the Celtics. He plays hard on defense. He He's so good. He's really good at moving his feet in the perimeter. And he's able to hit multiple three-point shot locations like he's able to hit threes he's able to hit threes from the corner from the wing like it's really it's really become a better like a better support asset for them to have him on the floor for 30 minutes like i'm not like oh man he's out there for 30 minutes anymore i'm like no give him more minutes right now because that's how well he's playing the same with robert rob williams right like one of the things we talked about last year was would Rob Williams be worth that contract he got, right? I think it was like four for 54 or something, right?
0: When we, which, at the beginning of the year, we were like, hell no, which yeah, he's, he. well, I mean, it was a transformation. He changed into somebody who's like, a uh, looking like he's becoming a top high-flying center in the league. Now he doesn't play what one would consider a traditional center game. He mm-hmm. still really doesn't have a jump shot, but his ability to just literally play so vertically lob williams is the most fitting nickname i can think of for him because when you're in a pinch he's like lob city blake griffin and dwight howard um not dwight howard deandre jordan combined yeah where if you're in a pinch you just whoop and he goes and he gets it and that skill it's exactly what it is it's a skill
1: so yeah i remember there were times last year where brad wasn't playing him a lot and you know people are saying oh it's because of the the chronic issues and his I thought it was and that was me. I I thought that. Yeah. No, no, it was not even just you. It was just like it was media. It was like he's only playing 25 minutes. This might be the type of player he is. He can only play 20 to 25 minutes. Like his body can't take it. That's why he's so injury prone. That's why But if you look this year, he may Udoka's playing him like 35 minutes games. like obviously he's getting his rest, his intermittent rest. He's maybe playing 25 here and there. But like a lot of these games he's creeping close to 40 minutes a game and his ability and like his ability to stay healthy this year knock on wood so far right because you know just because he's been relatively healthy this year doesn't mean that we can completely say that like oh okay this is a good signing because we need to know how healthy he'll stay for multiple multiple seasons so but the I think just from like this the fact of like he can play this way, it's not like he's going to be restricted to a 20 minute guy. He'll, he'll start, but then he'll play in spurts, and that's the only type of guy to have that completely taken out of my mind and him be a, a defensive factor, him be like basically like the paint defense lacks when he's not on the floor. Like we have the best, if not one of the, one of the best, uh, one of we've the best,
0: the if best, not the best, we, since the all-star break, we've been the best defense in the league.
1: Yeah. But we have one of the best paint defenses in the league, right? Considering Horford and right. Grant Williams and Rob Williams. So it's like when he's not on the floor, it, like that is a huge blow. I remember he missed a game recently and like, we were getting torched in the paint. We were like, it was bad. Right. Cause we don't have that height. He's the one guy that provides the height. So one thing that he needs to work on even through this winning streak is um like the one-on-one defense being able to to play like within the scheme a little more i feel like he's really good at weak side defense and coming in for the block and you know when the ball's raised high he can like swat it down and whatever but I see sometimes where he, he doesn't, like on a pick and roll, he kind of moves off his man and allows them to, to throw over him and he's just kind of standing there watching. That'll come. I feel like the, the big defensive things and the big minutes that he's been playing, especially since the All-Star break and especially since the beginning of the new year, it's like it's a revelation to see uh, that this is, this is what we've asked for, Max, for so long.
0: Team basketball, man. Now, I go, yeah, I want to go back and I want to reiterate the fact that it's team basketball. And then Jason Tatum actually driving and dunking. He's dunking more in yeah. these past 25 game, he's eh, 20 so games. 20 games. Past 20 games. This is exactly what we wanted because we're like, dude, you are long. You're long and you're athletic and you can just get by anybody without a problem. And that's exactly what he's been doing. And instead of him holding the ball too long, he actually gives it up and then works on getting it back.
1: Yeah, he makes quick moves. He makes quick moves. And the one thing I remember him doing last season, right, in that end of last season where I was like, this is just ridiculous how they're playing, was when he would go into ISO and he would do a drive move, dribble drive move and he would get stuck and then come back out and then shoot a sidestep three. He did that so many times last year. And I was so frustrated because, The decisions weren't quick. He was using up all the clock and then he would miss the shot at the end of the day. That is not happening this year. That is not happening. He's, he's making a concerted effort to make moves that'll get him to the rim. He's, if it's, he's shooting, he's shooting, he's letting the inside, he's letting the outside game come to him. He's not forcing it anymore, which was something that he was doing. He, he would bail. He would try to bail himself out by shooting a sidestep three, or by shooting it over two defenders,
0: or, or giving a bad pass to somebody who had to just jack a shot.
1: Exactly. So yeah, that I think, especially since this like whole this winning has happened since the beginning of the uh, the new year, that has all been like I haven't even thought about that. I know that if he's if he has the ball in his hands, he's gonna be aggressive in some sort of way. Yeah, you're gonna get the occasional turnover, like he did in that Memphis game. He turned the ball over quite a bit, but that's on against a good defense, right? Again. Right, and he did have 21 points in the fourth. Yeah, so like you know what I mean? Like I'll take I'll take the occasional turnover still when he knows that when it's game time and when he in crunch time, he's gotta play within himself, within what the game is giving to him. He's doing that now. And I think that is the last piece of his game that he needed to unlock to get into that like top five potential that I think he can be. And if this is a if this is like an unlock Jason Tatum that We'll continue a into the playoffs and then b into the beginning of next year, right? We're not we're not coming off to a slow start, and it's because he's you know playing the same way. That's that's the key. That's that's when I think consider him top five. Yep, that's when you consider him top
0: five when he doesn't take in and, and you see it every time, you know. In the past, it's taken him quite a few games to get started and to warm up. But exactly what you just said, if he can continue this into the playoffs and then just not slow down, there is no real offseason. It's he keeps working, he keeps staying aggressive, he's going to be good. And you know what, too? Again, knock on wood, he's been available for the majority of games. Where Jalen Brown, I love him. I love him to death. I think he's a great player still, but we see that he's been hurt. And he's hurt currently. He's not playing tomorrow. You know, he just, he gets hurt a lot. I don't know if that's because he, I I don't know. I I can't really speculate, but he's not there.
1: Well, I would say Jason
0: Tatum to be there. I, that's what you need.
1: Yeah. I would say that uh, Brown is the more athletic of the two, right? Like the more, like, like he's the more high flying and his ability to, you know, he, he gets really high on his jumpers and, um, he, you know, the lobs and he, he, he'll he dunk it when he needs to and things like that. So, that, I mean, that that part of his game will result in some injuries. And I know he's had some chronic knee issues that, you know, that has been with him. Um, so I'm not too worried about the, the ankle issue that he's going through right now. Um, as long as he's, you know, taking the time. I feel like, like we talked about, Derek White is able to fill that void in a sense from at least a defensive standpoint, which I think that as I long love having as a ha-
0: big guard though. I love yeah. having a big guard. And, and it's great too that we can, that we're starting to utilize Peyton Pritchard to take yes. the threes that he needs to take because the man, the kid can shoot. All right. We talk about it, the kid can shoot and having Grant Williams actually become an efficient shooter. That's huge too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but having Derek white be that big guard, um, who can really just kind of harass anybody? And he's also an energy guy, right? He doesn't play lax; he plays active.
1: Oh, he he'll get a rebound and he'll he'll sprint up the court gone. and gone. And, right. Yeah, so like that type of pace is something that we really needed. We're lacking like for sure. Transition, yeah, no transition game. Yeah, yep, yeah.
0: It's it, well, and it, it results in easy buckets. I don't care if you're playing high school, AAU, two K, college, or you know rec league. Like these transition buckets are the easiest buckets you can get. You get a rebound, outlet, or run, and you just—it's one on one, one on two, two, two—you know, whatever the scenario is—and you just get a quick bucket at the basket. I mean, that's it's two points,
1: and I or three points. And I haven't had any complaints about or many complaints about Marcus Smart either. I feel like
0: because he stopped—he stopped stopped shooting god awful shots. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. He's he's
0: playing. No, I'm sorry, but he. He's playing within himself and he's becoming that playmaker that we wanted him to be versus just this like shooter that he thought he was.
1: Yeah. He, he, his, I guess his inflated thought about ego. his needed to shoot. Yeah. His, his ego for just specifically on the offensive end, because I feel like he should have that type of mentality on the inflated defensive ego end.
0: defensively. Right. Yeah. Right. He's, he, that he's, he's that, that guy. guy. He's that
1: guy. He's that guy. And I've never, I've never had an issue with him defensively and making hustle plays it's just when we, when he thought of himself as like kind of a big, three, uh, Steph,
0: Steph Curry. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like when he thought of himself, no, like not. almost like in this vein of Jalen and Jason, that's when it got frustrating for me because you could tell that's how he played for a lot of last year. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, but then once we, once he kind of, you know, picked his spots with the threes, like not everything was a heat check. It was a because it was a three because he, he was open it was off ball movement and like that's like you know what i mean off a rebound or something those are those are threes that i'm like that's like i'd be willing for him to take nine of those types of threes then 15 of the pull-up you know what i mean like i just I'll, dribble oh, i made the last one you know what i mean like i'm like well I'm, it was yeah so that's what that's what I'm, and then having a big guard next to him, like you said, Max, with Derek White, and having that big lineup energy
0: guard it, too. Yeah,
1: those the lineup of Smart, White, Brown, Tatum, Rob Williams, is a really good guard lineup. And then with how Al Horford has been playing, the lineup of Smart, Brown, Tatum, Al Horford, Rob Williams, is like we have so many good defensive lineups. That also, and then
0: throw Tyson in the mix now too.
1: It's 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 really like I I didn't expect us to be this versatile and this have this many options. I always thought of us as like, oh man, like that we can't bring guys off the bench because they're just going to ruin the momentum. And Brad has done a really good job from a GM standpoint to put def- like defense first and have that still have them be offensively Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was our
0: whole identity. That's why we liked the Celtics because it was a defense first team. And that yeah. for some reason, that with the color green, it makes sense with who the Celtics were, with who they were in the eighties, with who they were in the, you know, uh late two thousands. You know, that that defensive identity, uh, and you know, comparisons in terms of shot blocking ability, uh, comparisons can be drawn between Rob Williams and Kevin Garnett. Now, yeah. Don't get it twisted. Listen to what I said. Comparisons in terms of shot blocking ability can be drawn with between Rob Williams and Kevin Garnett, and just it's, kind of defensively in general, not offensively. Yeah. They have very different games. But no,
1: I I agree with you from the standpoint of like a post defender that is that tall that can move his feet well that can you know but now he can side. move his feet
0: well. It took but we if we. we, we, we we forget, Shrey, that it di- this didn't happen overnight. This it has wasn't. been years in the making. This has been four years in the making before Rob Williams could get to this point. Yeah. Because if we took who he was even two years ago, he was not the same caliber defender. Yeah, His IQ was way lower, basketball-wise. You know what seriously. I mean? And, and yeah, seriously. And so his ability now to read the situations and to commit when he needs to commit and stunt when he needs to stunt, I mean, that that development has come a long way. And you know what? I got to give credit. To the people, because I didn't believe it for a while. I really did, and I'll put my hand up and say that was on me. But I got to give credit to the people in the Celtics organization and Brad Stevens, um, because you did a good job developing this guy.
1: Yeah, well, I just think back to how everyone was playing during when Brad Stevens was coach, and how everyone's playing when Ime Udoka is this coach, right? Like when Brad Stevens was coach, it felt like it was so conservative. It was very, it was very, you know, loose lineups, right? Like there wasn't a tighten rotation. It felt like everyone was playing. You'd see a guy come in in the second quarter and be like, why is he in the game right now? Like, O'Jale? like, Ojale, or, yeah,
0: I mean, I'm you know sure. what I mean? Like
1: someone where it's like, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be in the lineup. And then now the, the rotation is tight. It ends at Nismith, right? When he's, you know, healthy, but it ends at kneesmith. It's like eight, nine people, you know, the effort they're going to give every night. And it's just it, it that just like gives boost the confidence of not only the team and the coach, but also the fan. You're like, I know what I'm gonna get every night now. Even if it's a loss, I'm I'm gonna get some sort of run somewhere that'll make it close. Or I mean, the occasional like Indiana game will happen, but I'm not gonna there be was
0: too. There was I mean, those are those were back to back. I think skunk games with um, yeah Detroit and then.
1: Indiana after Uh, the the break. Indiana after the
0: break. I mean, those were things where we were like, okay, (laughs) okay, let's, uh, yeah.
1: But don't you feel like we have a longer leash with them now, uh, considering the way they're playing, that we'd be willing to overlook that
0: game? Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. It's what we call them. We call them little skunk games. Like it's a botch. Everybody has bad games and it happens. And Indiana played out of their mind. I haven't seen them score 122 (laughs) points all season. It was ridiculous. Right. And that was after the trade deadline, so they had Halliburton and they had you know Buddy, Buddy Heald was
1: going insane, yeah. I remember he right. was
0: going insane, right? And so you know we were still there, we were still you know there trying to hang with them. We were still able to score what 108. Um, but yeah, because when you start winning and you play consistent, and even in those losses when you play hard and don't give up, um, that's what you want to see. And for us too, also the other biggest thing is we knock on wood are learning the skill to be able to create a lead and hold on to the lead. It's huge. It's huge because, I mean, that was one of the most frustrating things. We always so said like, bad. We have the talent, <laughs> and we created a 19-point to 20-point to 15-point lead, and then all of a sudden we just let them eat away at it. It's, you literally just sometimes have to hold the ball and then score once, right? Even if you don't score every time, just keep getting points just on the board, just in finding good shots.
1: And that was a defensive mentality that was lacking. Because we just let them
0: come up and score quick. And then we're like.
1: Yeah. So even in these large leads now, we have the identity defensively and we know that we can, you know, guard anybody one through five now. You mean like, you know, other than maybe KD. But that, like, you know what I mean? Like you can guard your best players now and keep a lead like that and not be like, oh, 20 points like you don't know how many times i've messaged people like we've messaged message other other people or i'm like i don't know it's like we're up 25 and i'm like i gotta keep watching <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not i'm not holding i'm holding my breath i'm not i don't have to hold my breath like that right don't now have To
0: hold our breath, and we can just enjoy the basketball and that's all i ever wanted for christmas yes all right trey <laughs> well on that note this has been another wonderful episode of this podcast that we call Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyeth. And we will see you next time. Peace.